got people in the people live here. Welcome everybody to the Not a Rabbi podcast, the live edition, which uh, is is weird to do. I got to tell you, but uh, I'd like to thank everybody uh, for coming. I'd also like to thank the fine moderators of the Fifth Column Discord channel who have uh, so wonderfully decided to sacrifice their. Uh, <laughs> sacrifice their channel to this so uh, I I do appreciate it uh, what I what I generally you know what the formats gonna be is uh, usually I talk about one specific subject but since we are doing this live um, I've got one question queued up from from uh, from somebody any other questions that you have feel free to put them into the episode discussion chat which I'll try to manage at the same time, and we will we'll do that. At the same time, everyone uh, obviously knows that this is being recorded, so if you have any, uh, you know, any objections to that, uh, and don't want to even ask, if you want to ask the question live on air, you can certainly do that. If you don't, you could just post it in the episode discussion. I don't mind one way or another. Um, today is Sunday, January 27th. Or no, not man, bad. Uh, January seventeenth and uh, two thousand two thousand twenty one, or twenty twenty one, as the kids like to say. And uh, tomorrow, big day, uh, inauguration day, for uh, the new president Joe Biden. We'll leave a lot of the comments on that out. But you know, I was thinking about it yesterday, and the. Uh, what to talk about for this podcast and the the idea of the inauguration hit me and I thought it would be interesting uh, to talk a little bit about the role of Orthodox Jews in US government a little bit because there have been several who have uh, been Orthodox Jews and uh, have been in high high levels of US government uh, you talk about people the likes of Joe Lieberman who obviously was a vice presidential candidate and it uh, may have been even a vice president if it weren't for Florida in the year 2000. We're talking about someone like Jack Lew who was the secretary the treasury secretary under President Obama. We talk about somebody who uh, like Adove Zakheim who is probably not as well known as the other two and uh, he was actually somebody that worked in the State Department at a very high level. He was a deputy, uh, deputy secretary, I forget exactly in, uh, in what area of the State Department, uh, during the uh, Bush 43 administration. And then you have uh, someone who I believe the uh, current ambassador uh, for at least another day, uh, the current ambassador to Israel, um, whose name I forget, uh, who is, I believe, also an Orthodox Jew, and without saying, uh, the president, uh, the current president's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, and his wife, who are both Orthodox Jews as well. Of course, we have the, um, the conspiracy theorists who say that, of course, they are not, uh, you know, Jews are not uh, someone who are, someone who are not, um, you know, there's this dual loyalty, which has always been around, and this has been a concept that has happened. Hey, Menard, if you could do me a favor and just mute, because I'm hearing some uh, background. 
myself. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I I hate to mute anybody, but um, yeah. Anyhow, so you know, this is this is. I, I think that this really belies the concept of dual loyalty, um, because these are people that have been Orthodox. We've got several of them from one party, the Democrats. We got several of them from the other party, the Republicans, and you know they don't they won't agree on stuff and you're going to have them disagreeing and they're not going to have this one overall idea of just uh you know <laughs> you know just let, letting uh, doing it for the uh, for Israel to just uh, to win or anything like that and this is like i said this is uh, the concept of dual loyalty is is not new um, it is uh, thousands of years old, if not hundreds of years old, if not thousands of years old. But I, th I thought it was an interesting uh, thing to just think about and, you know, look at some of the people. And, and you even have, let's say, non-religious Jews who have been in high, pe high places of power, um, such as the, the oh, who, th there's an article in Commentary Magazine, and this this month's issue of Commentary Magazine um, by, and somebody who's, uh, somebody, the person who wrote it, I'm going to try, I'm going to bring it up right now, uh, Commentary Magazine, um, the person who wrote it was talking about how there is one member of the cabinet, I believe, uh, for Biden, who is really going ahead, who actually was whose great grand whose grandfather i believe it was was someone who was a very famous yiddish writer and obviously that is uh you know i i guess they're some they're somewhat jewish still at this point i'm not sure exactly how much they uh they actually relate to judaism but uh i'll have to look that up and put that into the show notes for for later but uh, it's it's just something that's interesting how you see that there have always been, um, and th you know Jews in United States government there have always been you know and if you take a look at the time of uh, going back to as uh, to uh, the lo as long as the Spanish Inquisition um, or before that there were there were many many uh, or not many many but there were lots of Jews that were in high positions in the governments and these are talking about with Christian kings or with uh, Muslim leaders so you know it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing there um, anybody want to have any thoughts on that or want to want to chime in on that go ahead Ren yes yeah, sure um, actually I'm I'm actually kind of curious I don't know how much you know of the history and I don't as well, but uh, how much uh, the difference would be in different countries, depending on whether they had an emphasis on separation of church and state between those and those that have like a state religion and how they treat uh, questions of dual loyalty. Uh, would it You'd think it would make it easier, but I don't know if that history actually bears that out if like in countries like the United States where there is a strong emphasis on uh, separation of church and state versus uh, other countries you know that's a great point um or, or, but first of all let me just get a clarification are you talking on a historical basis or are you talking more on a more modern basis 
I don't know, because I think a lot of that that question comes up much more modern as well. Like it, it, it hasn't even been a um, hundred years in the U.S. since we've had our first Catholic president. Since we've uh, had a lot of people have uh, opened different uh, faiths in government. In fact, isn't this the second Catholic president that we're having, Biden being the second Catholic president, if I'm not mistaken, after Kennedy? I, I think you're correct, yeah. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Um, but the concept of, and, and in fact, just as, a, just as a total aside, there was a whole lot of uh, questions of dual loyalty thrown at Kennedy as well. Uh, during his candidacy and running, is he going to listen to the Pope or is he going to listen to the American law? This was this was something that happened. Um, but I think you know, with vis-a-vis -vis Jews, this has been something that even when they were in the higher echelons of government, when when you're talking about under the, um, you know, under the the kings King Ferdinand and uh, Queen Isabella of Spain and uh, other, you know. Even Suleiman the Magnificent, with uh, Maimonides being being his uh, his doctor and somebody that he relied upon for information, this is something you know that has always been asked about and questioned, and it has always been in something in the background. And just to get biblical for a second, you actually kind of see this uh, with the beginning with the opening of Exodus. Uh, the first chapter of Exodus, where, where Paro, Paro, Pharaoh, uh, I, I always get my transliterations mixed up, but Pharaoh says, you know, hey, we got to deal with these guys because they're gonna, they're like a fifth column. Hey, what a coincidence! We're talking about the fifth column in the fifth column discord. <laughs> Great, um, but they're gonna be like a fifth column, and they're gonna rise up and they're gonna take over the country. And this, you know, so it, so we see this, and this again, if you if you follow the uh, the story that happened in Genesis, Joseph had rose up to be the second in command to Pharaoh, uh, to Pharaoh, and he was, uh, you know, he was the guy that was making all the decisions, in, until he died. So this is something that, uh, you know, you could even say has goes back all the way to biblical times. And I don't think it necessarily makes a difference whether or not there is a separation between church and state, or if there is a, um, or if there is a state religion, because it's worked both ways. So, Ren, I think that's a long-winded answer to your question. No, that's excellent. <laughs> I just was, yeah, curious about your thoughts. Yeah, no, no, that's a, that's a great question. Thank you for thank you for asking it. Um, anybody else wanna wanna have have any questions about that or or wanna wanna chime in? you know chime in about that yeah so it's 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 just a very uh it's a very interesting thing and in a lot of ways it's 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 very dis obviously it's very disheartening to hear to hear these issues of uh dual loyalty and dual citizen dual loyalty basically coming up and consistently coming up um and you know i just i obviously wish it wouldn't happen and uh but uh that is the lot in life as uh as they say um that is that is definitely it uh i thought i would have more to say i thought it would take longer but it never does take as long as you think it would take hey so let's get to uh let's get to a question that was asked and let's see if there's any questions in the chat before i uh before i take a look Ooh, maybe maybe ambassador to israel david friedman yes thank you and thank you very much late stage agerism 
yes uh, you know lots of stuff going on uh, yeah there's there's a lot of that it's it's you know in terms of the in terms of the uh, in terms of Biden not being a real Catholic these were a lot of the things that were also even talked about with regard to Kennedy so this is not these are not new accusations that are that are going on um, and I will definitely put those links in the uh, in the show notes um, the only reason I said it was commentary is I was I happened to be listening to the commentary podcast on Friday and they mentioned that somebody has an article with regard to that as well so uh, that's that's why I wanted to uh, wanted to bring that you know I mentioned it in in commentary uh, yes, thank you very much. Blinken, yes, Blinken. How should I? How could I not forgotten that name? Yes, and Brett, you're right. Romney does get the same thing with regard to Mormonism as well, and it's it's interesting how um, it, it's interesting how somebody who is religious, no matter what, and you'll see that you know you see this with uh, with Christians as well, where they're coming, they come into the country, or they cannot come into the country, they come into government, and people will go ahead and just say, hey, you're not going to be, you're not going to do things, uh, you know, take a look at Amy Coney Barrett, for example, right, which is also, I think, a very good example. She was much maligned for her uh, religious beliefs. Uh, if I am not mistaken, uh, Senator Feinstein said to her when she was uh, being um, talk when when she was being uh, th th her first her first Senate uh, appointment not appointment but uh, words escape me word things not good um, when she was going for her first uh, bench appointment as a federal judge she uh, Feinstein said uh, I believe something and Brett I'm sure you will correct me she said something along the lines of your your dog, the, the dogma lives within you. There's something along those lines. And that set off a huge um, confirmation. Yes, thank you very much. Um, the dogma lives loudly within you. Exactly. And, you know, these, these are always consistent problems with um, when you are religious and you're, being serv you're serving in government where the people that are against you, and as you see here, it doesn't matter whether or not you're, a, you're from the left or from the right, they're going to attack your religiousity, and it's it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. I, I just you know I, I don't you know it just I didn't get a, probably enough time to uh, to ruminate on it and have more interesting points about it. But it's it's definitely something to uh, to talk about. And I think you know going forward, um, what I mean obviously what I would like to see is I would like to see something like that go away because. As Ren mentioned, there is a separation between church and state, and most people, even myself included, listen, I have my own personal beliefs on things, but if I were ever to be in a position of uh, political decision-making, I would not have, I could not allow those types of issues to go ahead and affect my, my thinking with regard to the, you know, to the, uh, what the law should be. So there, there you have it with, uh, with that. Let me get back into the chat here. Let's see if there's anything else going on. Oops, somebody. Okay, so Swampting says, Have you noticed any specific ways in which the people you mentioned incorporated their faith in their, to their approach governing or brought, brought it to a public platform? Um, interesting. I, I will tell you, I've, 
and this might answer the question, it might not, but I've heard Do uh, Dove Zackheim speak, and uh, he is actually someone who is uh, really uses uh, Nehemiah. Um, I'm not sure how what the Eng English way to say that would be. Nakamiah, maybe? I don't know. But he uses Nehemiah as a guide to how he, do he, he tried to bridge the religiosity with um, with being in the public sphere where he actually was first if you take a look in in the book of Nehemiah uh, which is maybe maybe not part of part of uh, part of Ezra it, it, uh, in the it, it, uh, in the in the Jewish Canon it's been taken it's been subsumed into the book of Ezra it's been taken out of the book of Ezra there's issue you know there are issue uh, reasons as to why which is a uh, which is a longer discussion but it is uh, he 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 was actually just a statesman he was a political person that was put there by Cyrus if I am not mistaken I have to double check I'm doing things off the top of my head um, but I believe it was Cyrus and was sent to Jerusalem to make sure that things went as they should be going so it was uh it was you know it's it's i think that he is somebody that uses that um i i don't know if anybody really has done that um we know that people get accused of that but i don't know if there's been any definitive proof one way or another that they are going to be uh that they're going to be you know they do that they sub they put that in but i do think that it depends on what side of the aisle you are on in a, in a way as well because if you're going to be a republican uh you're going to be more someone that is going to be pro-life uh you know i you know maybe maybe not to the extreme of you know just at conception uh, maybe you know have a little bit more wiggle room or and or and those things so I, you know, I, I, I'm not sure, but it is a very, very good question, though, Swampy. Thank you very much. Anyone else got any anything that they want to uh, want to bring up? All right, so we could get, let's get to uh, let's get to a question here that was asked, and I think it's really a good question. Uh, once again, Swamp Swampting asks this. Uh, he asked this earlier, and he said, "Is there any figure in Judaism recently who's played a role similar to Jordan Peterson, not related to all of the culture war baggage?" but just in the sense of trying to make some of the Christian stories and maybe to a smaller degree rituals relevant to a lot younger generations? That is a very interesting question. And I would actually say there are, there are a couple of people that are really doing that these days uh, a lot. Um, somebody whom I listen to often is uh, by the name of Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg, who has a website, RabbiEphraimGoldberg.com, I believe. He is the senior rabbi of the Boca Raton Synagogue. And he really tries to bring meaning of to the to the rites that are done to more modern modern people. I think, and uh, I think that uh, someone else that has said this is was the uh, former dean of of Yeshiva University, who uh, uh, Rabbi Soloveitchik, Rabbi Joseph B. Soloveitchik uh, of blessed memory, and he has been quoted as saying that we need to take the 
old lady of religion and dress her up in new clothing. Um, so this is something that really is a generational type of thing, I, I would say. Uh, my own personal feeling is anyone, any educator should be doing this with their students. Any, any Jewish educator uh, should be doing this with their students. And I speak as somebody who does substitute in Judaic studies from time to time when the need, when the need arises. And I try to do this with my kids, uh, with my students. I was a couple of weeks ago teaching the eighth grade in a, in a school, um, in my school that I teach at in the morning. And I was trying to teach them reasons behind what they do, or, you know, let's say the, the, um, the main prayer that we say three times a day, uh, the, the Amida, um, which is basically when we have a one-to-one -one conversation with God, we have, and we are able to have this three times a day. Um, I was trying to give them some meaning behind it in terms of just the words and how the words they can use, they can take these words and use them and understand them as their own. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs of Blessed Memory, who just died uh, a couple of months ago, was also somebody that hey, really, really tried to go ahead and make the ancient modern for lack of a better word. Um, he, and he was brilliant at it. I mean, he, you know, it helps that he was a philosophy professor um, and, and got into the rabbinate at a very early age. I mean, very late age, uh, more than any, but more than a lot of other people do. But he was, he was a great, great thinker. And there are others that, that do this as well, I'm sure. Um, but they are, they are people, you know, um, those are some of them that really, really come to mind to, to go ahead and and um, try to make the rituals and the rites more relevant to the younger to the younger generation, because when you talk when when it comes to Judaism, that is really something that is very important because it's Judaism is all about that consistent going down the, the from generation to generation, where you are passing these things on to uh, you know, to the next generation. And, and that, that continuation is something that is extremely, extremely uh, important in Judaism. It's, you know, if that is one of the reasons that we have on Passover, we have the Passover Seder, and we have the youngest kids and all the kids ask these questions and to have a dialogue with your children to explain to them. And, you know, in me, in modern terms, what this means and why this is so important. Um, so that is, you know, that is a great question. And uh, Swamp Ting, hopefully, hopefully, I was able to answer that question somewhat properly. Um, of course, you know, as as I say, I am not a rabbi, so I am. Uh, <laughs> it's just one man's opinion with a microphone. But I, I do think that this is something that does uh, that does happen. And is important for all of us, you know, for for Jews, um, to to continue its, uh, you know, to continue its continuity. It's extremely important. Any other questions? Any anything else we want to we want to talk about? Um, ooh, Sholem. Oh, excellent question. Late stage. Excellent question. Dovetailing off of the Jordan B. Peterson, do you think Gershom Sholem played a similar role? Or is his stuff too esoteric? <sighs> ah, Sholem is an interesting character. Um, 
I have not read some of his stuff. I've actually read some uh, some of his adjacent to some of his stuff actually, um, where, and he is he is uh, I would say he is somebody uh, that was maybe I mean I have not read a lot of his stuff, and ironically enough, my dad has read his stuff more than I have read his stuff, um, but my dad deals in the esoteric a lot more than I do, so. Uh, <laughs> Which, and th- that explains why he that explains why he does that. He he could actually read and understand Umberto Eco, where I just uh, get through one line and scratch my head and wonder what's going on. So that, <laughs> but um, I would say to a degree yes. Um, but he deals a lot more with the with the cabalistic uh, cabalistic types of uh, aspects of things, and he does take it down and bring it to a little bit more of a. Uh, modern approach. I would say somebody else that does that, um, maybe even dovetailing off of off of Sholem, would be uh, would be Rabbi Arya Kaplan of Blessed Memory, who ha- was he has a couple of books on Jewish meditation. He has an interesting book on Kabbalah as well, uh, which are uh, available if you just go to uh, go to Amazon. You could do a search for them. Uh, I have a book of his on Jewish meditation. And he goes ahead and does these, in, and he works with these types of things. So I would say that, um, you know, yeah, Shalom does do some of it, but uh, it's it's a little bit yeah it is a little bit more esoteric and I I, I mean personally I am more of a uh, I'm more of a practical guy but uh, you know that that is what it uh, what it is um, you know but I, I you know like I said I, I I'm adjacent to the uh, to, to the esoteric stuff because I, when I have talks with my dad about theology and other things uh, he he can get very very deep in the weeds uh on the esoteric stuff which is uh you know if you uh, nobody knows my dad here but uh you know if you knew my dad you would definitely uh totally understand anything else you guys want to discuss let's see here maybe a future guest my dad uh, totally i would be totally down with having my dad on the show um i would i would you know he would he would be uh he would be very interesting to have yes i i totally agree um he's a he's a uh very interesting man my dad who when he was in going into high school he decided that he wanted to be a catholic priest uh because well my my father was not jewish and he went ahead and went to a seminary in uh indiana for high school (coughs) for this and he also uh then totally obviously since he married my mom he didn't go ahead and uh, you know follow through on that but he's always been very uh spiritual of a person so he would he might be an interesting person to to have on the show i would love to do that i'll have to work that out with him but uh see see what it is so that is you know i i would lo- i would love to have him on because i think it would be a great conver- you know some great conversations to be had uh with him and uh he's yeah he and maybe we could get him to do some live performances because he also he's also uh writes his own songs and uh does performs folk music so uh which i did not get any of the musical genes uh as at all they skipped the generation my daughter is actually very good at music and playing music she's a good guitar player um if i do say so myself and uh you know have a little bit of uh you know 
have a little bit of uh, you know enjoyment out of that listening to her play when she practices but yeah that's uh, I don't know any anything else you guys want to want to talk about any any comments uh, on the voice on the voice side right looks like Logan just said something here um, it's not if it's not off topic do you think Trump's lack of religiosity in comparison to most recent presidents contributes to him being uniquely bad and then the follow-up question to that is what do you think of Jared and Ivanka playing that surrogate role with emphasis on Judaism well I do think that his uh, that, that Trump's lack of religiosity does play into it to some degree and the reason I feel that way is that and everyone may disagree with me on this point but it helps when you have a moral center when you when an individual has a moral center you know though you, you those sorts of decisions bless you uh sort those sorts of decisions that you know or moral decisions you know you're going to have a certain approach that you're going to consistently take and this is not something uh as we know very well and if you've read any of the books that have come out about trump uh and the trump administration uh it has been a uh to to make the this is it has been a production with lots of fecal matter and so i, I think that having that moral center makes a really big difference i mean the other the you know an, uh, another president that i don't think had such a strong moral center you know would have been president clinton i would say did not have such a strong moral center and i think we can all probably agree on that to some degree he was a excellent politician don't get me wrong um, but his moral center probably wasn't uh, wasn't all there as well. What do I think? What do uh, what do I think of Jared and Ivanka playing that surrogate role with the emphasis on Judaism? I don't know if necessarily th they did. Um, they tried to keep their aside from the Abrahamic Accords, which uh, Jared really got got the ball rolling with, and has I and in my personal opinion did a very good job with. You know that that really was where they his Judaism I think played a role to make sure that there was uh an, a, you know working with Israel and also the the fact that they moved the uh, the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem uh is also something that they you know was was a was something that they did so I think between those two things it was though that's what it was and and it, was it to save Trump's image of course uh uh, uh Wino Kelly that of course it was I mean it had to be part of that um, to save his image, but uh, you know, I think that his image got, you know, <laughs> severely tarnished, if uh, to put it mildly, uh, with with what went on with the events of January sixth. So I, I don't think that it's anything that's going to, uh, and and that's not going to be anything that probably changes anytime soon. But those great questions, great. But if there isn't anything else, I think we could, uh, Kelly. Okay, thank you. You know, if there's nothing else, if nobody else wants to say anything, uh, thank you all. You've been a wonderful audience, and uh, don't forget to tip tip your uh, food server, and try the veal. It is, uh, or actually, since this is not a rabbi podcast, you can try the. Uh, pastrami it's very good and uh thank you very much all of you for uh for coming and listening to this it's been a blast <laughs> logan i'll send you my email address to venmo me later um <laughs> but thank you um but you guys have been you guys have been great and uh, we, i'd love to do this again we'll do this again another time thanks a lot and by the way i am aaron benedict and i am not a rabbi